Blog Talk Radio. Very few 
authors that we have read and had on the show. Now, everybody's vulnerable and transparent. I'm not saying they're not, but it's just something about this book that I'm telling you, whoever reads this book, you will be captured. You will be hmm. captured, and you will feel God's grace and his love. And if you're feeling a little weak, I promise you, you'll know what his strength is all about. I think she's on the line, so everybody welcome Jenny Simmons to Loretta McNary Live. Hi, Jenny. Hey, Loretta. Hey, how's it going? It's going great. How's it going with you? Oh, my gosh, good. I um, I have a 12-day-old baby, so I was watching the clock and nursing her, and I was like, all right, baby, we got to go. <laughs> we got to go to get 12 on. days, seriously, a tiny I, little newborn baby? Yes, a tiny little newborn baby. Her name is Lucy, and she's just like a little angel baby. We love her. <laughs> Well, congratulations. I did now. I Googled you, but I did not see that bit of information there. I knew about your other daughter, but I didn't know about new baby Lucy. So congratulations. Thank you. We are, we're having so much fun. It ended up being a C-section, so it's a little bit of a slow recovery, but I kind of like that because it forces you to stop and do nothing and let people cook for you. So, you know, I'm trying to embrace people's. <laughs> People's gifts and let them just shower them Yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah, and we're taught, you know, to be givers, but I'm telling you on the other side of that and equally important in God's kingdom is receiving, especially for givers, and we have a hard time, you know, receiving, so God has to sometimes exactly. give us a Syrian birth or, you know, cause mm-hmm. something to happen in our lives to be good receivers because that's a blessing as well, you know, that is a blessing to be a receiver. Yep, it absolutely so is. Let's it really just, teaches you how to get better. It does. It does. you got to be able to receive. Oh, my. And, I, and I'm, mm-hmm. I'm preaching to the choir because it is so <laughs> difficult for me to allow people to do anything for me or to ask for mm-hmm. help. But anyway, so I don't want to. We'll talk, that's another show. <laughs> so you're the <laughs> right. first mom that I had on there that was like actually had a 12-day-old baby, or at least they didn't oh. tell me that they did. So congratulations. <laughs> you're our first. You're a hero. Thank hero. you. <laughs> Okay, so I did. I have not finished the book, but I'm telling you, I'm consumed by this whole process of this book that you've written called Made Well that was just out a few days ago, October 4th, I believe. So um, kind of tell us about that, because I know you're sharing a lot of your personal um, story in this book to help other people, because that's the best way to help people is to share yeah. um, your experiences. So what was it that said, okay, let me write this book? What was the beginning thought mm-hmm. of birthing this baby made well? Yeah. Well, it, you know, honestly, I felt like about a year ago the the title came to me and the idea, and it was one of those, like, Holy Spirit moments where the Lord just sort of gave it, like, this is what the next book is. It's about all the ways that I heal you. Um, and and I, it was like the name just came to me instantly. But I'm telling you, I sat down to write this book, and it was like, um, I, I felt like I was wrestling with God. I felt like Jonah in the Bible a lot, like running the other way because it is so personal and it was, it just felt like a lot to tackle. So I would sit down to write these stories out and I would just begin to weep and I would shut the computer and be like, I can't do it. And I'd wait and I'd come back the next day and try to write again. And I would just cry my eyes out and be like, I, Lord, you have called me to write something that I'm incapable of, of sharing. And I can't tell you the process, but it was like there was just a flip, a switch that he flipped. And one day I, I was like, okay, 
it's time to write the whole truth. Like I can, and I felt like it was sort of an invitation. Like the Lord is saying, you can keep writing this like silly surface level stuff, or you can tell the truth and give permission to other people to tell the truth. And so that kind of became um, the mission for me as I sat down to write is like, I want somebody to pick up this book and be able to say me too, like to cry, to laugh and to say, Oh, thank goodness. I'm not alone walking through this journey of healing. Oh, that is so beautiful. And I like how you said, because I, I've experienced that when he, well, cause I have I've written a book and my, my second book and my friends say, Loretta is good, but it's not Loretta good. And I didn't know what she meant by that. Cause everybody that had read it before I print, you know, the editor and everyone's like, it's mm-hmm. good. She said, but I know you, she said, this is surface mm-hmm. good, but this is not Loretta good. So I get that when you say mm-hmm. um, on the surface, you're only sharing just enough to kind of help somebody. But it, when you have to, pour out your soul oh my goodness exactly. you to pour out your soul to people that don't know okay. you and was uh-huh. it a struggle for you or you immediately were obedient because I struggled oh man I struggled a lot and then and then when I finally <laughs> you know like gave into it and started writing it then I, let, I gave it to my husband to read <laughs> and he would he would read and he would run back to the bedroom are you sure you want to say this and I was like god don't put the pressure on me yes I want to say it and then come back an hour later, are you sure you want to put this chapter in? And <laughs> and I appreciate, like, the checks and balances there. But it was, it was like this struggle for both of us. Like, do we want to be this vulnerable? And, and for me, this book was especially different because it's a lot of my story, but it's also a lot of other people's stories. And so having to go back to, you know, there's there's one family in the book whose son was murdered. Um, there is one lady whose husband died randomly. There's my sister's story of, of the loss of her daughters. There was, it wasn't just my stories. I was asking other people to be vulnerable and brave with me. And that, that for me was like a, a sacred, um, I just felt like it was a sacred responsibility that I had to carry, you know, with a lot of, um, I don't know, a lot of responsibility to make sure I honored their story and honored their experience with God too. I just cannot imagine. And I know, you know, when I, I have beginning reading the book, like I said, um, and right. normally, you know, for the show, I get one of the producers to kind of read it and just, you know, give me some high points, some low points. And but mm-hmm. when she's like, no, you're going to want to do this yourself. I'm like, what? She says, this uh, is probably going to be personal for uh, you. You want to do this yourself. Mm-hmm. And I, I was like, mm-hmm. I, I, began, I began to feel a little afraid because I don't like going into that space, especially publicly. I don't like going into that space. And I said, Lord, I see what you're doing. It's definitely a setup. But we're going to do this conversation. I'm going to talk to Jenny about Made Well, and people are going to hear about finding wholeness in the everyday sacred moments. And I love how you say that you're made well even if the cure doesn't come. You can still be okay. healed even if there's no cure for whatever you're going through because, of course, there's no cure for a mom mourning the loss of a child. That has right. got to be the most devastating thing. And I, mm-hmm. I, too, I feel like Oprah now. I feel like I've gone through everything that we're talking about, but I have my mm-hmm. son went on before me, and that is the most mm-hmm. unnatural thing to experience to have to um, bury your son. So, okay, getting back to the book, mm-hmm. as soon as you mm-hmm. – open the book, Jenny, you're captured. You capture us as soon as you read the first sentence of the book. 
don't ask. Now, even even from the forward, you know, sometimes you think a forward is just somebody saying, oh, they're awesome and we they really appreciated this. They had that relationship, so they're going to say good things. But right. you go in quickly. Mm-hmm. Ooh. Yeah, there's, you know, because I think the book progressively works its way backwards. I think it has to start with this is broken and this is what it looks like for healing to come anyways. You know, and, and it's like you said um, about your son, which I'm so sorry. I can't even imagine. Um, but it, but it's the, this type of suffering that people experience on this earth sometimes. It's like you said, it's unnatural. It's, it's absolutely not what God intended. You know, it's, it's not what his original vision was when he created the heavens and the earth and Adam and Eve. It, it, it was not ever supposed to be this way. And so, yeah, I wanted to start the book just saying in the beginning you and I we were made well that was the original design was that we were whole and we were healthy and there was no pain and there were no bearing children and there were no divorce and cancer and bankruptcy and all that stuff that that is not what God's original dream was for us and I felt like I had to jump in there and say um you know but because of the brokenness of the world of this world we we're living between um, how it was supposed to be and how it will be, and and that's the beauty I think of the of this book and our and, and of our faith. The beauty of our faith mm-hmm. is that we know the end of the story. You know, we know the end of the story, but how do we live here and now in the midst of that brokenness? And can we trust God to be a good Father who is faithful, who heals and restores, even if the brokenness wins out momentarily on the earth? Oof. And I think it's time for that, though, because true healing only can take place completely fully is when we confront, when we stop Mm. spraying perfume on it, when we stop putting flowers on it, when we stop trying to Mm -hmm. make the ashes beautiful, you know, Mm -hmm. before it's healed. You know, we keep covering Mm -hmm. things up. And so that's why I'm so drawn into this book is because you do that in your writing. You're not trying to tell us, you know, you're not selling us a, just some rose-colored glasses. We have to really look at this thing so that we when, – when you look at, at trouble, when you look mm-hmm. at mountains and valleys straight in the face, you know what you see? You'll start – you'll begin to see Jesus. That's where mm-hmm. you meet him. You can't really right. meet him. And your book <laughs> says this so well, Jenny. Oh, my goodness. Mm-hmm. And then you talk about the man at the pool of Bethesda. Because we know right. that's when Jesus originally said, um, do you want to be made healed? So how did that configure into your writing and getting the top? You said you got the title even before you start writing the book. So how did that yeah. um, story in John <laughs> 5, tell mm-hmm. me about that. I'm just so curious about how this all came together before you even start pouring out. Right. Well, you know, actually, I I'm, I love the story in John 5, but I wasn't even sure if the word, wording was made well. I just, that just had kind of come up into my head. And, and so I, I, when I started this book, I said, okay, well, I need to look at all those stories of healing, all the, all the places that Jesus makes people well, because that's what he was doing. I mean, he was walking the earth and making people well. And what I quickly realized was that there were a lot of times Jesus was doing miracles. I mean, there were, there were, there are tons of miracles that we can count, but there are also times where Jesus walked into somebody's brokenness and he didn't fix it right away. Uh, the way he healed them 
was more like sitting with them or journeying with them or eating with them or you know, even the, the prostitute who comes and falls at his feet and she breaks open her oil and pours it out on his feet, in that moment he was allowing her to be healed. Um, and that, that, that wasn't erasing her past or, you know, magically taking anything away from her. The, the healing that happened in that moment happened as he allowed her to, to, like, engage in worship with him. And so all of a sudden I started seeing all the ways in the New Testament and in the Old Testament you know, that, that God or Jesus were healing in ways that were unexpected. And so for me, the guy at the at Bethesda, it, for, it really kind of rattled me as I read it over and over and over again because I saw Jesus walk into this place where there's all these people that are incredibly sick or they're crippled or they have lived with a disease for like 30 years. Like I can't even imagine. And I really, my human self, my like Oprah-loving self, wants it to be like Oprah Christmas, and I want him to go in and be like, and you get a car, you get a car, you get legs, you get visitors. Yeah. You know, like I do. I want him to come in and fix everything fast, overnight, speedy. But what he does is so important because he goes up to this man who's been sick for 30-plus years, and he invites him. He doesn't fix him magically. He looks him in the eyes and says, do you want to be made well? And for me, capturing that, um, I, I started realizing it's, a, it's an invitation. It's a choice. There's a lot of sick people in my life, not with the disease that's physical, but in their soul and their minds, and they don't want to mm-hmm. be made well. And we have a God who says, I'm not forcing it on you. I don't dole it out like a wizard. I, it's a partnership. It's a journey. He looks me and you in the eyes, and he says, do you want healing? Do you want to come back to how I created you to be in the first place? And without one question, and, I'm, you know, unfortunately, the, the guy at the Pool of Bethesda, he he started with all these excuses, not knowing who Jesus was. And, right. he, you know, well, I have nobody to put me in the water. And before I can get right. in there, here comes another person. But had, mm-hmm. it, you know, that story would be so different had he known it was Jesus. But I like mm-hmm. the innocence of him not knowing, but then believing that. Yes when he said yes and he was made whole. And so we have to do that. Jesus already knows. We spend so much time telling him, you know, how sick I am and what the doctor says and all that stuff instead of just receiving the healing like the guy did. We do that. We make these excuses. But Jesus just asked the question. All you got to do is say yes or no. Right. Exactly. Yeah. I'm sure he gets so frustrated. But on the other side of that. Yeah. Go ahead. Sorry. (laughs) No, that's okay because we both are so passionate. So and you know, so that happens already, especially when we're not looking at each other. So, um, one of the I don't know all the stories that you wrote about in here, but I know somebody either went through one of these stories, or they know somebody who's gone through one of these stories. That's why I want everybody to read this book. I really do. It's like I take it personal now that I want people to read this book, um, Made Well by Jenny Simmons. So what about when it, you talk about when it doesn't look like you thought it would. Right. Was that right. personal for you? Mm-hmm. It was. It was, um, you know, I shared kind of early on in the book about um, my sister. And um, she had for years had several miscarriages, was just had a hard time getting pregnant. And, um, and then her and her husband, um, they had one baby girl. And then they decided to adopt, you know, and this thought we'll never get pregnant again and worked towards the end of their adoption process when they found out they were pregnant with twins, um, two little girls, Maggie and Ellen. And um, her water broke at 17 weeks. 
and um, and the girls were supposed to pass away right then, you know, right when the water broke. But and the doctors prepared us for that, and we were devastated. But they didn't, and they didn't pass away. They kept growing. They stayed inside of her, and every week that would go by, you know, she was at the hospital. She's in doctors, and they would all say, "This is." this is a miracle. This is a miracle. They're living, they're growing. If we can just get them to 25 weeks, we think they can make it. And, um, my sister woke up at 23 weeks, um, super, uh, super sick one day and went to the hospital and her body was in septic shock. And, um, when they told her, um, and they told all of us that that day in itself is such a miracle because I was able to get on a last minute flight out of Nashville, be by her bedside in Oklahoma city within, hours. I mean, they were just, you look back on those hardest moments of your life and it's amazing to me how many um, ways that God makes, <laughs> how many paths and mm-hmm. how much dreams in the desert he brings. And so um, mm-hmm. I got to a hospital in time uh, to be with her for labor and delivery. And they, um, they each lived about five minutes and then passed away in her arms. And, um, and yeah, that was not, that's not what we prayed for, you know? And so for me, this book is personal and it's, um, and it's real because we've walked it because we sat in the hospital room and cried out to God and said, this is not how we thought you were going to fix this. And we wanted them to live. We wanted a a miracle so big and so crazy. And I remember leaving, this was two years ago this month, and um, and just saying, okay, God, you have to teach me now what it looks like to be healed and to be restored on the other side of the cure not happening because I don't know what that looks like. And that's what the last two years have been for me. And that's for me, the culmination of this book is for every person out there who's watched their baby pass away or fill in the blank, the the cancer, the divorce, all those things that we, that we fear, like, God, please don't ever make me have to walk through that. What happens when you get to the other side of that? Is God still good? Is he still faithful? Can we still be made well? Is there still healing to be found? And um and I think there is. And no one can do it but him. There's no way I would be sitting here mm-hmm. having this conversation with you had it not been for God. That's why, that's why I tell people, I know what the Bible says, and I believe everything the Bible mm-hmm. says, but I know God, Jesus, for myself in a way right. that I could, I feel like I am part of the Bible now. Not that something oh. I just read. I feel like my story. I'm a part mm. of that. I'm I'm one of those stories. I'm within mm. those stories because there's no way I could have gotten through that, and there's no way um, you and your sister could have gotten through what you got through without becoming the Bible. Mm. You are now mm. a living epistle. You are the Bible. You are the Bible. And what you're doing with this transparency and this brutally being honest about what you went through without covering it up and talk about the pain and how it hurt mm-hmm. and it just, like, want to rip you apart. See, that's the mm-hmm. kind of stuff that reaches a person's heart and helps them heal and come to Jesus. Mm-hmm. You give Ugh. them permission to, 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 to be real, to say, Lord, this hurts. Like you said, I didn't expect this. I didn't want this. Mm-hmm. And God mm-hmm. still loves you. He can handle that. That's right. That's right. And even Jesus, you li- well, first of all, backtrack. That's the most beautiful thing mm-hmm. I've ever heard about becoming a part of the Bible. Because that's exact. I've never heard anybody say that, and that's exactly what it feels like. Like I'm a part of that great cloud of witnesses now because I have witnessed mm-hmm. it, and I have mm-hmm. experienced. I've run that. Oh, I love that. But even Jesus, you. He just Jesus. gave me that. Yep. Mm-hmm. Mm. Oh, well, it, it's beautiful. 
he uh, he grieved. You know, you you got like John the Baptist, his most dear friend, his cousin. Like he grew up mm-hmm. and did life with him, and mm-hmm. all of a sudden he gets word that he's been beheaded and paraded around a party. You know, I think, and we forget about those moments in the scripture where, if you look at it, what it says he does is he wraps up what he's doing in ministry. He gets in a boat by himself. He goes across the lake and he goes up a hill to grieve. He goes. It says to go be with his father, but he's getting away from everything. He's going away mm-hmm. to be in that moment of grief. And sometimes we gloss over that as Christians, like, oh no, 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 this is we do. This yeah. is God. Yeah, this is God's will, or this is whatever. You need to just pull it together, give him some praise and glory, and keep going. I'm like, no, 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 that's not what Jesus did. He grieved with people. He wept at the tomb of Lazarus. He fell to his knees in the Garden of Gethsemane and sweat out blood because he was so overcome with all the emotion that was inside of him. He he himself showed us what it looks like to not run away from that pain but to lean into it. To suffer and to feel pain and to love someone and have them taken away from them. He he became a man. People still think, you know, of course he's a deity and he was God's son, but he said yes. When God said, this is what I need and this is how we can save them, will you go? First, Jesus said yes, knowing Knowing it was, it did not catch him by surprise. He didn't say, "Oh, I, I'm, I'm Jesus. I walk, and it'll be fine." He knew there was going to be trial and tribulation. There was going to be hurt and pain of of a magnitude that my mind can't even wrap around. And he didn't have to do it. That's the right. beauty. He didn't have to do it. And like he said, he said, "But I came so that you may have life more abundantly, and I've overcome all of this." And people right. say, "Well, yeah, you, you Jesus," but no, he suffered. He Bled mm-hmm. real blood. He hurt mm-hmm. from the pain of loving somebody so dearly with your all in all. So he under he gets this. That's why I said when you right. started sharing this, Jenny, and being brutally honest, mm-hmm. you became like your brother, like your father. Mm-hmm. You, you oh. are now just like him in ways you'll never mm-hmm. imagine. Wow, thank you. Because you are putting <laughs> your pain on the cross so that people can drive by and see it. So your mom and your dad and your family can see how you're suffering and knowing that they can't do nothing about it, but you chose to do this and they love you more than they've ever loved you before because they see how you're willing to be put on the cross to share and to bear the burdens of other people so that they can just come to Jesus faster than maybe you did, you know, knowing that you got there, but it's all about God getting the glory. So thank you for your obedience. Thank you. Oh. <sighs> Beautiful. <laughs> you know what? This I cannot believe we only have three more minutes and we have done thirty minutes. Oh my god. <laughs> I thought we should do this every month. Every month. We'll just get back together. No, can we? Can we? <laughs> I mean we can still so make that happen. Oh my goodness. <laughs> okay, so we got okay, everybody. Made well by Jenny before I because I'll run to the very second. Made well, finding wholeness <laughs> in the everyday sacred moments. Um, you can find this book wherever books are sold. Hard copy, online, ebook. You can do that. You can find her on social media, um, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. You can find her. You want to reach out to her. If nothing else, mm-hmm. if you said, "Well, I haven't gone there. I don't know about that," I trust. Trust me. Somebody you know has, and mm-hmm. it is not the weakest thing that could happen to you or the worst thing that can happen to you. Because I hear all the time women who are diagnosed with breast cancer or whatever, that's the best thing that could have happened to me because now I know him for myself. Mm -hmm. That's right. And if you're not walking through it, I have a whole chapter called Soul Nurses, and it's about the people that God sends into your life, the moment where you don't feel like you can take a next breath or cook a next meal for that matter. 
and they they carry you to the healer. They put you on that mat, and like those friends in the New Testament, carry you over to Jesus, realize you can't even get to them. They climb up on the roof, start digging a hole in, and lower you down. So you may not be in that season, you know, of, of grief or heartache, but I look back, and I can tell you 10, 15 people that I would not have made it had the Holy Spirit not laid it on their hearts, and they were obedient. Like the second God asked them to show up in my story, they showed up. And it and it changed my life because they showed up in the hospital and they showed up with food and they showed up time and time again. And um, I don't know. For me, it's it's healing for those of us who are walking through it, but it's also a challenge for other people to keep your eyes open for those people around you that are on their last breath and they need you to listen to the Holy Spirit and show up in their story fearlessly and, and quick and on time. Oh, my goodness. And he does. Mm-hmm. He has everything figured out. So those divine appointments do happen. So, but yep. that's open to receive. That's what we started mm-hmm. to show off with. Yeah, is just talking about being able to receive. So when we get this, we never have to do it by ourselves. God always has mm-hmm. a ram in the bush. He has somebody. Yep. He has a Joshua or Caleb or somebody to hold up our arms. You know, when we just can't do it anymore. Mm-hmm. And I'm glad that's what you talk about with soul nurses. Let them That's hold right. your arms up when you can't do it. Mm-hmm. Oh, this mm-hmm. part of the healing process. That's right. Oh, my goodness, Jenny. I feel like I have met my soul sister for real. Me too. <laughs> we only Wait, have 60 like... seconds. Ah. Oh, my goodness. Okay, what were you saying? I'm sorry. I, w- I was going to say, if you like Mexican food, then we could for sure be soul sisters. <laughs> oh, I do. I do. I can't cook it, but I could eat it really well. And I, I'm in yeah, Nashville a lot. I was just there last Thursday. So we'll talk again. I promise you we will talk again. Okay. (laughs) All right, everybody. That's the way it flows right here on Loretta McNary Live. We are very transparent and vulnerable. We do this for the kingdom. And um, I just don't want to be on here just to be on here. I want it to make a difference. I hope somebody is feeling better, feeling inspired, and none. If nothing else, they are going to search harder for Jesus Christ and get to know him. So, everybody, in closing, think positive. Dream big dreams. Help someone along the way, and I'll see you very soon. Bye-bye, everybody.